It's another day. I'm another John, and this is Another Note. Today's edition of Another Note is titled, The Way to Freedom. Our scripture reference today is Nehemiah chapter 9, verses 16 through 25. As always, may the Lord add a blessing to the reading and hearing of His Holy Word. But they and our ancestors acted presumptuously and stiffened their necks and did not obey your commandments. They refused to obey and were not mindful of the wonders that you performed among them. But they stiffened their necks and determined to return to their slavery in Egypt. But you are a God ready to forgive, gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, and you did not forsake them. Even when they had cast an image of a calf for themselves and said, This is your God who brought you up out of Egypt and had committed great blasphemies, you and your great mercies did not forsake them in the wilderness. The pillar of cloud that led them in the way did not leave them by day, nor the pillar of fire by night that gave them light on the way by which they should go. You gave your good spirit to instruct them, and did not withhold your manna from their mouths, and gave them water for their thirst. Forty years you sustained them in the wilderness, so that they lacked nothing. Their clothes did not wear out, and their feet did not swell. And you gave them kingdoms and peoples, and allotted to them every corner. So they took possession of the land of King Sihon and Heshbon, and the land of King Og of Bashan. You multiplied their descendants like the stars of heaven, and brought them into the land that you had told their ancestors to enter and possess. So the descendants went in and possessed the land, and you subdued before them the inhabitants of the land, the Canaanites, and gave them into their hands with their kings and the people of the land, to do with them as they pleased. And they captured fortress cities and a rich land, and took possession of houses filled with all sorts of goods, hewn cisterns, vineyards, olive orchids, and fruit trees in abundance. So they ate and were filled and became fat and delighted themselves in your great goodness. This is the word of our Lord. Thanks be to God. If you happen to find yourself in the middle of a reading like Nehemiah 9, you might not recognize what is happening. For sure, there is an acknowledgement of sin taking place. The priest Ezra is recalling the history of his people. It's better to say he is remembering the faithfulness of his God. He recounts several acts of power and mercy God shows to his ancestors. God gave life to all people. God called Abraham to lead his people. When the people of God were in bondage, God freed them. They walked across dry land through the divided sea. As if that wasn't enough, God led them by day with the pillar of cloud and by night a pillar of fire. And even if that didn't quite make the point, God made a covenant that ensured their standing before the Lord. And what was their response to all this? Ezra says, They acted presumptuously and stiffened their necks and did not obey 
God's commandments. Even though God was ready to forgive, gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, the people wanted their old life in Egypt. Now, this doesn't sound like a confession of sin. Ezra and the people are remembering what their ancestors did. But who their ancestors were, they were too. Generational legacies are hard to ignore. At this point, they recognize the sin of their ancestors as part of their own. Their sense of sin was more communal than ours tends to be. We're used to thinking of my sin. And that's not wrong, mind you. It's incomplete. Now, here's the part you might miss if you merely happen upon this passage. Yes, it's an acknowledgement of sin, but it's part of a larger gathering of the people. Nehemiah rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem, and there was a sense of renewal among them. This moment of national repentance was a part of their celebration and restoration. Do we see repentance that way? Is confessing sin something we look forward to doing? Like Ezra did in Nehemiah 9, are we willing to acknowledge the guilt our ancestors passed to us? I wonder if it's possible to know what true freedom from sin is unless we learn to do just that. We should recognize what our sin does to one another, how sin keeps us from living in the image of God, and understand how sin breaks God's heart. But we can also rejoice because God forgives. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven is a joyful declaration of peace, reconciliation, and even power. The more we're willing to acknowledge how sin invades our lives, the more we can repent. And the more we turn to God, the more grace restores us. Thanks be to God. Stay blessed. Thanks for always supporting Another Note. This is our daily devotional. I'll keep writing and recording as long as you keep listening and we keep growing. If you ever find another note on iTunes or anywhere else podcasts are available, make sure to leave a review so others can join us. And the easiest way to connect with me is online at anotherjohn.com. God be with you.